0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is roughly sometime on Tuesday afternoon, if you're listening to this. We're going to break down Zach Wilson with our good friend Josh Edwards. Take a look at all things Zach Wilson related. We have Mac Jones in the feed. Or Mac Jones is coming up, excuse me. We recorded that with Ryan Wilson, of course, Ryan Wilson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence profile is in the feed. You can check out a Justin Fields profile and a Trey Lance draft profile coming up as well. The goal is this week to really give you the in-depth knowledge about the quarterbacks involved in this draft class. And if you want in-depth knowledge and in-depth coverage of the Champions League, there's only one place to go as the pressure continues to mount as the world's top teams compete for soccer's most coveted trophy. The Champions League is down to the final eight, and you can stream every match live on Paramount Plus as they cut the field to four teams following this week's second leg of the quarterfinal stage. Don't miss a minute of world-class soccer, including PSG versus Bayern Munich and Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Paramount Plus, live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of it. Entertainment. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it for free. Joining us now to break down Zach Wilson, our pal, Josh Edwards. What's up, buddy?
1: Not too much. I was uh, really hopeful that we were going to get some some late-round uh, drama in the Masters yesterday, mm. uh, especially when uh, Matsuyama hit that tree. He got that bounce back um, at least into play. I thought we were going to get a little bit of drama there, but uh, didn't didn't play out that way. Uh, and I'm kind of thankful that it didn't because we had that pretty cool moment on 18 with uh, his caddy kind of giving a salute to the course. So that was pretty
0: cool. I ended up winning money on the Masters, so I'm fine with it. But – uh, I needed some top ten draws, some things to happen. If, if Xander Schauffler had won, I would have been in a much better spot, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm, I'm with you. I wanted a little bit more drama, but I'm very happy for Hideki Matsuyama. That was a fantastic win. And a, and a well-deserving golfer uh, was a low-and there in, in 2011, and and I think people sort of sleep on what an elite ball striker he is. I'm glad he got a major, and uh I'm ready to move on and make some money on the draft. Probably not going to make any money on these quarterbacks though, Josh, because the uh, over-under for Mac Jones <laughs> – uh th- under three and a half is minus three o three and I think Zach Wilson, who at one point in the last uh i guess feel feels like a month or so was it like minus two fifty to be the number two overall pick and now he 's like minus ten thousand i mean uh, the odds that I have available to me for first second and third overall pick are essentially worthless it 's minus ten thousand minus ten thousand minus three oh three and it feels sh- like Zach Wilson is going to the jets um Quickly, as we break down the prospect, he's 6'2", inch hands, completed 73.5% of his passes last year for 36, almost 3,700 yards, 33 touchdowns, just three interceptions, and had 10 rushing uh, touchdowns, finishes his career at BYU with 56 touchdowns, 15 picks, and 15 rush touchdowns, uh, 68% completion rate, and 7,652 yards. What do you like about Zach Wilson, the prospect, in terms of his strengths? Yeah, there's a lot to
1: like. I like that, you know, he's just a natural passer, first and foremost. I mean, everything that he does looks really fluid. Um, his his decision-making has really improved over, you know, the past year. Uh, you mentioned the 11-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Also taking a very limited number of sacks in the pocket. Um, you know, of the five quarterbacks projected to be taken in the first round, Wilson has the second lowest sack percentage on dropbacks at 3.3%. Um, Mac Jones leads the way, and then you've got, uh, Justin Fields has the worst at 9.3%. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 4.5%. And then, um, Trey Lance, you know, he, he didn't really play this past year, so it's kind of unfair to include him, but, um, improved decision making. I love his arm. Uh, he's actually kind of rare in the sense that he's just as good at creating arm strength on the run as he is in the pocket. Uh, we talk about torque with offensive linemen. He's able to get, you know, a little bit of power, a little bit of torque with his hips when he's trying to throw the ball downfield. Um, similar to a quarterback that, you know, we'll probably discuss here in a little bit as a comparison. Um but he's got that really natural ability. And I think that's probably why I like him the most is because his 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 natural ability is just gonna give him a chance to compete and succeed at the next
0: levels. So he kind of learns the other aspects of the game. Okay. Um, you know, would you when you look at like how how big of a concern is playing at BYU? It's something <laughs> that that was, that, a, ha- that was a simple, I know it was a simple question. Not my yeah. Opinion. I mean,
1: it's, it's something that you have to consider because, um, you know, we talk about Tua Vilo and Mac Jones at Alabama, uh, in recent years. And we consider the supporting cast that they've had around them. You've got to consider the, ca- uh, the, the schedule that Zach Wilson has had to face, um, in his career at, at, at BYU. Um, now, one thing I will say is that although he does have a lot of talent for the conference that he's in, um, you know the the talent gap between him and the opposition is a little bit closer than maybe Alabama and some of the competition that they face, so he doesn't have the the wealth of talent the way that maybe Matt Jones and um, some of these other guys do at their respective colleges, uh, so he's had to overcome that. Um, but it is something that you have to consider because we've seen it with, with Carson Wentz. Uh, we're going to discuss it with Trey Lance in this draft class. Uh, they're not seeing these elite cornerbacks like Patrick Sertain and, uh, JC Horn and those kind of guys in their conference.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I think it, I think it goes both ways. I think you're right. You know, it's, you know, you can say, well, he played at BYU. He doesn't have to play anybody. Like his best competition was coastal Carolina. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't have seven first rounders around him. You know, I mean, like, you know, they're. I mean, what, two of the top three wide receivers and two of the top 15 picks in the upcoming NFL draft are wide receivers for Mac Jones. And, and right. it's possible those running backers in the first round, obviously they have loaded on the offensive line. You see those guys come out every year. So I think that does cut both ways in college football. I tend to, and, and let's not pretend like the SEC is good defensively. I mean, the best players might play there, but it's not like there were elite defenses, you know, outside of Alabama, uh, there. So I mean, I, I, it it is hard to figure out. I mean, that's you know, that's I think that's half of what you're trying to do evaluating these prospects, Josh, is to try and take them and you know to to like level the field and say, all right, like what is the context here? How can we how can I compare this apple to this orange? And it's it's it is very difficult. Um, do you worry about his size or his hand size at all uh, when you start looking? You know, maybe maybe those qualify as weaknesses. And I should just ask you about his weaknesses instead.
1: No, I was actually pleasantly surprised when he measured at his pro day, six foot two. I think he had a nine and a half inch hands. Um, You know, both of those are better than some of the others that we've knocked in the past for being a little bit smaller in size. So um, especially when you consider the strengths of his game, I don't, I don't think size or hand hand size is really going to be, you know, a deterrent in taking him early in this draft.
0: What about, uh, so if you're picking out weaknesses, you want to ding Zach Wilson for anything. uh, What are you, what are you pointing towards?
1: Yeah, I talked about his sack rate earlier, but he does hold on to the ball a little bit too long at times, just trying to do a little bit too much. Um, you know, and that's possibly because he understands the conference that he's in, and maybe he feels like he's a little bit more athletic than the players that are trying to chase him down. Mm. Um, and that's you know why he extends plays. But I think, you know, that's that, that can be a strength, it can also be a weakness. Um he's got a little bit of a an elongated release, which again is gonna be you know, tied to one of my comparisons here shortly. But he holds the ball a little bit lower than what you typically see from the quarterback position. So that just – it means it takes a little bit longer for him to get the passes out. Um, but he's got great pocket presence, great pocket mobility, um, senses pressure really well. So, uh, again, I love Zach Wilson. I'm probably just as big on him as as Ryan is on Mac Jones. Um, and it's kind of crazy, you know, going back to the beginning of this, talking about the odds of him going number two overall – just to consider he was negative 250 a month ago is still pretty wild cuz at that point he's a heavy favorite to even be taken at number 2 overall and that's all the way back in about february um two months before the draft so i i think it's really interesting the way that the conversation has kind of been shaped around the quarterback quarterbacks in this draft class
0: well yeah i i agree and i i i was thinking about pulling the trigger on on the Zach Wilson thing but it felt like you know, minus, yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost. I mean, obviously, Mac Jones at th- minus three or three is more expensive than minus two fifty, but it's the same thing. You're laying a ton of juice, and you can't parlay it with anything to, to try and beef it up. So you're you're laying this. You're laying a ton of juice on an and a team taking a fast rising out of nowhere quarterback with the second or third overall pick, and it's kind of kind of dicey, you know. So I I I flinched on it. I sort of wish I'd done it because I think this point, he is like, I think he's minus like something around the range of uh, 10,000. I'll look really quickly and tell you. Uh, and this is, I'm looking on a, I guess it's considered offshore site or local, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Zach Wilson, Max Jones, 34 to, oh, yeah, minus 1667. So, you know, probably going to be the second overall pick. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, minus 10,000 to go first overall, <laughs> which he should have been like a year ago. Um. So, anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss. Oh no, actually, before, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss how he'll slot in at number two. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
1: Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit com today.
0: Before we get to Zach Wilson and the Jets with a fit, I forgot to ask you. But uh, pro comp, if you're going to do like a – and we don't want to – you don't need to do like a strict, you know, like I, I think I, – we talked about this with um or where I talked about this. But, you know, like Danny – I think Danny Kelly, friend of the program, does a really good job over at The Ringer. It's like shades of – you know, or something like that. Cause you, you, there's never a true pro comp very, very rarely right. in, in the NFL. Um, who, you know, who, who do you look at in terms of his comparison for a current former, uh, or, you know, even like a, you know, fractional NFL player?
1: Yeah. The shades of comment is kind of interesting because I initially want to make the Aaron Rodgers comparison. Ooh. Um, but then it's, it's really tough to compare anybody to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but there are some similarities. I mean, the, the way that he's able to create arm strength on the run, I, I was kind of hinting at it earlier with the torque that he's able to create in his lower body to, you know, have these long downfield throws without planting off his, off his, you know, back foot. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers do that time and time again. Um, when you look at Zach Wilson play, you, you would almost think that he's got a baseball background. Uh, because of the way that he's able to throw from different arm slanks or arm slots, which mm. is, you know, a little bit why we hear the Patrick Mahomes comparisons as well. Uh, but he actually has a basketball background. He was a really good basketball player. Um, you would think he plays baseball, but that simply wasn't the case. But, um, I also draw comparisons to kind of a more mobile court, Kurt Warner, mm. uh, because he, he holds the ball pretty low. Uh, and he's got this urgency in his game a little bit too. So, um, you know, I see a little bit of the aggressive nature in him and then I see some of these aspects of Aaron Rodgers as well. So, um, I mean, if, if you get either one of those two players in the NFL, you're doing pretty well for yourself by taking Zach Wilson.
0: Uh, yeah. So Danny Kelly, this, this, this is what I mean is like he, uh, Danny had shades of Baker Mayfield and Henry Rowan Gardner, uh, from, of course, uh, is it Little Big League? Was he Little Big League or was he? That was Rookie of the Year, I rookie think. Rookie of the Year, yeah, yeah, yeah. He breaks his arm. I always I always mix up the two. I loved it growing up. But, you know, he, he breaks his arm and he suddenly can, you know, throw the ball 200 miles an hour, which I think is kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does feel – I like that mobile Kurt Warner thing. And that's – it's tough with Kurt – you know, a guy like Kurt Warner, he's like, oh, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. But it's like – Right. Yeah, you know, it, it didn't – Kurt Warner didn't come in. He went to number two. You know, he didn't set the league on fire. I mean, that's, that's sort of what you're, you're, you're hoping to get. What do you see as his sort of ceiling and floor when you start to look at, you know, how he could end up, uh, you know, performing as a, as a pro?
1: Yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be the ceiling. Um, well, yeah, it, it, it's tough to get much better than that. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I think is kind of the floor for him, uh, just because he does offer a little bit of the dual threat, um, you know, ability. They've got similar size profiles. Uh, that kind of stuff. So you kind of get an idea of the range, but you know, so much of, of the quarterback talk, we have to consider the situations that they go into, uh, as well, because not every situation is, is going to be conducive to a quarterback having success. Uh, so that's kind of what you have to consider when you're trying to determine whether a player is going to have offensive rookie of the year, you know, favorite odds, um, or whether it's going to take them a few years to develop.
0: So I feel like the comparison, and, and so sort do of, I mean, I understand what, why this happens. It's because he, you know, he's not afraid to throw across his body. He's got a live arm. You know, he can, he can, you know, whip the ball around and, and, and make big time throws that really, you know, impress people. We saw this pro day, you know, there's a bomb down the field, even though that's kind of a pass that a lot of NFL quarterbacks can make. Um, the Patrick Mahomes comparison was invited early on in the process. That's a little bit silly, right? Although I guess Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I mean, I, I guess Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers already. I, I don't know. I, it, like Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot hall of famer, like one of the 15, 10, 15 greatest quarterbacks of all time. So I, I, you're not, I mean, I guess that's not the suggestion. The suggestion is that like he could perform at an athletic level and to make these pinpoint accuracy, deep ball throws and, um, you know, throw on the move and, and, and shock you with his athleticism is sort of what you're saying when you say Aaron Rodgers.
1: Right. Yeah. You're, you're almost constructing this quarterback uh Frankenstein because you take a little bit of, you know, from one player's game and you take a little bit from another and you're trying to construct, you know, who Zach Wilson is because at the end of the day, there's rarely this perfect NFL comparison, um, you know, for players that are coming out as draft prospects. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a perfect comparison. And I even had to say that, you know, a more mobile Kurt, Kurt Warner. So like you're, you're kind of, Creating this Frankenstein of sorts, trying to determine, you know, who Zach Wilson is on the football field.
0: Okay. Um, what, how do we think this works with the Jets? I mean, they traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. They officially moved on from it. And by all accounts are pretty, uh, you know, the, on, we're recording this on Monday and the, I believe the Darnold press conference happened with the Panthers and Matt Rule's press conference happened and Darnold talked about Joe Douglas and how Joe Douglas was very upfront with him about it. And the, you know, like, uh, you know, Obviously you don't want to see the number two overall pick end his career at the team after three years. That doesn't work out well, but it seems like it's a fairly amicable divorce and that the Jets aren't necessarily, you know, like they don't, they're not like, wow, Sam Donald sucked for us. It's more like, as Joe Douglas alluded to, we can reboot financially. He's won two Super Bowls with uh, quarterbacks on a, on a rookie contract with the Eagles and as well as the, uh, the Ravens. Do you think that this Jets team is prepared? for Zach Wilson day one, or Zach Wilson day one prepared for this Jets team?
1: Yeah, and I like the transparency that Joe Douglas showed in that interview. I think it was, um, you know, some rare candid moments that we typically don't hear from general managers. I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's press conference recently was was pretty good at that as well, but yep. um, typically, you know, don't get that kind of a perspective from NFL teams. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, he's got some traits that – are going to be conducive to early success. Like I said, he's a natural passer. So I kind of feel like that part of his game will translate pretty quickly. Um, he has improved his decision making. But again, he does hold on the ball too long at times. And I think in San Francisco's, well, New York's offense now, but coming from those San Francisco roots, um, you know, when you're talking about the situation that they're currently facing, you know, they had Jimmy Garoppolo and I uh, decided to move on this offseason for probably a quarterback that they feel they can trust a little bit more. Um, a guy that's going to be able to put the ball on the money, um, get the ball out quickly, that kind of stuff. Zach Wilson can get the ball out quickly and he's going to throw from different arm angles to make sure that the ball gets there. Um, so, you know, if he's going to have early success, I'm guessing that they're going to be able to harness that, um, you know, raw tendency of his to, to try to extend plays. Um, and potentially take some big losses because, you know, we see that from his BYU tape where um, he's just trying to do too much with the football. He's not throwing into coverage, which is an improvement that we had seen over prior years. But, you know, he is capable of taking those sacks, and it's going to become even more likely in the in the NFL where uh, defenders are more likely to track him down than what he saw at BYU. Um, so if they're able to reel that, um, you know, that mentality in, and allow him to just kind of focus on his strengths and do what he does well. Um, I think he could be really successful early in the NFL.
0: Do you think that the 49ers would draft Zach Wilson if they had the second overall pick or would they take Max Jones?
1: I think they would take Zach Wilson, uh, personally. I, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of hinting at it again, but later this week, I'll have a mock draft where. Mac Jones isn't going number three overall, and I know that seems like the general consensus at this point, but in the back of my mind, I still had this small bit of doubt where... Well, you know, we, maybe- talked it, we talked about it
0: last week, like, it... it- you hear, you know, they're like, oh, maybe they haven't actually decided. It's like, really, right. like really traded up? Not unless they, unless they trade it up. They're like, we are comfortable with Mac Jones. Like you did you all your, do all your work on Mac Jones and you're comfortable with Mac Jones. And then you're like, if we can convince ourselves that fields is better, maybe we'll do that. I mean, that's the only way it would work, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could have possibly moved up with the idea that, you know, they're comfortable with two or three players and they're going to take, you know, whichever one they were most comfortable with when that player is on the board. Uh, but maybe they're using this time to make that final decision. I, I agree. I think they probably do have an idea of who they're going to take. Um, but I just think back to Kyle Shanahan and his involvement in quarterback collective. Um, and Justin Fields is a part of that as well. So he's got a lot of access to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about his desire to have a little bit more of a mobile threat. And we've already, you know, Kind of discovered that Mac Jones is not a statue the way that we had thought he was, but he's not Justin Fields. No. I mean, Justin Fields ran a 4-4 at his pro day and, uh, offers, you know, the ability to, to scramble a little bit more than Mac Jones does. So, uh, when you're checking bits and pieces of his prior press conferences, um, you kind of think that maybe he is looking for more of a dual threat quarterback, but it's, it's really hard to deny all of this, this buzz, you know, the smoke coming from, uh, the Vatican about Mac Jones possibly going to San Francisco at number three. It's just, I still have this small doubt in the back of my
0: mind that maybe spidey, everything Spidey is, sense. It's like yeah, a spidey it, sense. Yeah. Right. That maybe not everything is as it seems. Interesting odds. I know we're not, this is not a Mac Jones podcast, but I think it's, it's, I, the question was related to Zach Wilson. And, um, you know, I, I do think it, it, you look at William Hill, Mac Jones is minus 225 to be the third pick. Justin Fields is only two to one. I mean, that's, that's the low number if we're yeah. sure that it's Mac Jones. So that, that's at least worth, uh, considering. All right. So are, do the Jets have a, I guess, you know, we mentioned, is he ready for week one? I mean, is there enough, do you think there's enough there for the Jets? Like, can the Jets compete in 2021 and be a fringe playoff team or sort of a, or a, you know, a, a mid-tier spoiler team, not, not a crap, you know, just not, not a bottom feeder, uh, with Zach Wilson?
1: Yeah, I think there's a chance for them to not be a bottom feeder. I, I don't think playoffs is really realistic this coming year, just because you've got the new head coach, you've got the new general manager, you know, an entirely new coaching staff. So in addition to integrating all of these new pieces um, and they have several high draft choices to possibly add some real difference makers to this roster, those guys are going to be, you know, we're talking about a possible off season without training camp and, you know, stuff similar to what we saw last year. So the adjustment period is a little bit more complicated um, and they're having to learn a new system at the same time. So, you know, it's, it's kind of unrealistic to expect the coaches and players to uh, mesh early on um, in their time together. So uh, I typically don't project new coaching staffs to kind of reach their peak performance in that first year anyway. And then you bring in a new quarterback who's going to be learning a new system um, without, you know, possibly just doing virtual off seasons, um, and you know, several new players as well. You talk about Carl Lawson is new. You've got, uh, Corey Davis is new. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of their pieces, not even just their draft picks are new to this team. So there's just too many moving parts for me to kind of think that they're going to reach their potential this coming year. But, um, according to true media, uh, back to the past, uh, you know, comparisons to other quarterbacks in this class, um, according to true media, Zach Wilson has the third best passer efficiency on third down, which um, of college quarterbacks this past year, which is important to me, but he's also the first among all of the top five quarterbacks that we're discussing. Um, he is also eighth when it comes to red zone passer efficiency. So a top 10 quarterback at the college level in terms of his decision-making on third down and within the red zone, the only comparable player among these top five quarterbacks is actually Mac Jones, Um Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence is third in both categories of these, you know, top four quarterbacks. Because again, I can't really compare Trey Lance having just a small sample size this past year and then Justin Fields is fourth. So, um, I thought that was pretty interesting because that kind of gives you, um, uh, kind of a peek behind the window, um, behind the curtains rather that, uh, you know, maybe this is a guy that is going to make some good decision makings when it matters the most.
0: Uh, very interesting. And uh, now I'm trying to scramble rapidly to get to, um, I was going to look at what football, uh, football outsiders does base for their, you know, projected score, uh, it, coming out of college. And it's, I, I find it interesting because it it does strip away sort of some of the bias. It gives us an opportunity, you know, and I think it's been very, it's been pretty successful, uh, you know, by and large. I mean, like you want, um, you know, like when you look at the top quarterbacks, it's like Mariota, you know, Mayfield, Rivers, Luck, Herbert. R.G. three, Cam Newton, Alex Smith, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Kyle Kaepernick. I mean, of course, you had you know, varied success with some of these guys, but by and large, it's it, it's worked um pretty well. I mean, to Marcus Russell was up there, but so was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and uh, right. I I just remember Ru- Russell Wilson was really high on their list, and they didn't trust it because of you know because of his size. Like that's the implicit bias. Uh, Zach Wilson um checks in at number two on these quarterbacks in terms of QB base. Mac Jones actually all the way down. At number five. So 20% chance he's elite, 24.3 chance he's an upper tier, 26.6 adequate starter and a 29% chance that he is a bust. Bear in mind that there's a 25% chance that even Trevor Lawrence is a bust. So that's not necessarily a bad, uh, having over a 20% chance of being elite according to QBase is a, is a very good number. So that's a good sign for Zach Wilson potentially to make, uh, the leap and to, uh, to be a very good professional quarterback. Josh, as always, buddy, great stuff make sure and uh read Josh's mock draft where he has somebody mystery player going to number three to the San Francisco 49ers appreciate it dude